episode of Dish and Danger coming at you. Welcome back, folks. DJ Roos, thank you for the lead-in. I am Danger Dave. I'm Deep Dish, and I'm asking, why did you stop the song? (laughs) (laughs) Dish, uh, I've been wondering about uh, something you were doing on Sunday. Did you have a lemonade stand in, in like, Palmer Square in Chicago? I did have a lemonade stand. Why'd you have that? So, going back to the world-renowned fantasy football league 12 or Sunday. Um, I lost last year, came in last place in the league due to a slew of injuries and bad and bad draft decisions. But basically we decided that the loser punishment was you have to go start a lemonade stand and you have to sell lemonade for 25 cents a cup, no booze, and you can't leave until you make $20 or be there for five or six hours or something. We, we kind of come up with some random time slot a couple months ago and I was kind of waiting for a good weekend like a nice hot day and Palmer Square they've been having these really good music performances in the park just kind of free the local I think it's like the Logan Square jazz organization has all these artists who just come on on Sundays so I was like there's going to be a crowd there it's like 85 degrees it's a Sunday we're going to have some smooth tunes and people at first were like what is this adult man doing selling lemonade in the park. And then I started telling people, I was like, oh yeah, that's 25 cents. And by the way, I lost my fantasy football league. And they were like, this is hysterical. Like, as soon as I told people why I was there, they were loving it. Like this one guy who was running the show was like, hey man, you're, you're coming back next, next week, right? And I was like, I'm not going to bring lemonade again, but yeah, I'm going to come back. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll come back and support the artist. But yeah, just had some great conversations with some funny people and some overall great tunes. So if you're in Chicago and you got nothing to do for the next couple Saturdays, or excuse me, next couple Sundays from noon to four, Palmer Square Park, uh, across the street from St. Sylvester on the east end of the park, come on down, bring wine, blankets, cheese, popcorn, and booze, and just have a good old time. They may or may not be limited in the future. Not sure. <laughs> Dude, I'll be up there at the at the end of September. I say uh, that weekend before. Um, uh, I think you guys are going out to New Orleans. Let's just run back a lemonade stand just for shits and gigs, man. I that looks <laughs> like so much fun. Like it looked like a blast. Although I will say, if you didn't make twenty bucks, I would have said like you got to come back next week and get that like we're missing five bucks. <laughs> so I, I was kind of worried. I was keeping tabs, and at first, like twenty bucks, whatever. That's not that hard. I'm so. I'm selling for 25 cents a cup. That's 80 transactions. And like it, it started to get, it started slowing down a little bit and I was getting a little worried. And I was talking to this one guy who was near us and it was him and his wife and a couple and like their kids and another couple and their kids, another friend, they're kind of five, six adults and all their kids there. So the guy was like, Oh, Hey, like well, we were kind of talking this Irish dude named Johnny. And he was just like, Hey, I need like 10 cups. I was like, Oh yeah, sure. And then just kind of pouring them, handing them out. And he just goes, Hey, I, I I don't have any American dollars. Do you take Korean won? And I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. He's like, Cool. Like my wife has ten thousand Korean won. Will that work? I did the um, currency exchange rate. That alone gave me like eight bucks and sixty eight cents. So finished the day with twenty dollars and eighteen cents, thanks to Johnny's wife and her ten thousand Korean won. So, <laughs> and according to Frank Kanowski, that can give me a good lunch sandwich over in South Korea. Yeah, but shout out to that South was Korea. that. That was that. Shout out to all our listeners in South Korea. I got your money. 
so well, yeah, that was how Sunday. much how much of you got bit by the entrepreneurial bug? Like, are you thinking this this could be a viable uh, viable Dave, thing I got running here? Dave, we're literally doing our entrepreneurial thing right now. This <laughs> what are you talking about, man? <laughs> this episode of Dish and Danger is brought to you by Danny's Lemonade Stand uh, every Sunday in Logan at Palmer Square Park in Logan Square. <laughs> It is, it, well, eventually it, we're just gonna twist it up. Yeah, he just then, goes to the store. He, he just goes to the store, buys Minute Maid, and pours it in the dispenser, fresh squeezed. Well, eventually we just twist it up and get a bottle of Tito's and start charging five bucks, and people would be completely fine with that. There was a food truck there who was only selling cocktails, and he and I got into a little, little bit of a bidding war. But <laughs> twenty-five cents a cup, I crushed this guy. All right, so Danny. Um, I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we talked about a little uh, idea you had. Uh, you want to share with what, what you got dished up for us this week? Yeah, so this is coming off of a round of music league from two weeks ago where I was just thinking, what would be a really good song that starts kind of at the last few minutes of a movie and kind of runs you through the credits? You know, something that matches what you want. And it's kind of the a really good mix of what this show is about. We talk a lot about music. We talk a lot about movies as well. And, you know, basically when we did that waves recap, that movie is all about getting the right song at the right time. And I was just kind of thinking it'd be fun if we could take other kind of in general scenes or more specific scenes from movies and what song would you pick there? What, what emotions are you trying to pull out of the viewers when when they're in this show when they're watching the scene it just fit fits really well because I, I i know us specifically plenty of other people out there there are now certain mo- songs we hear that when we hear that song our mind doesn't go to that artist in the studio our mind goes to that scene in that movie like specifically for me um nico's version of these days when i hear it i just see margo tenenbaum walking off the bus in new york like that that is so ingrained uh, yeah. in me right now and there are dozens of other scenes from yeah Wes Anderson and non Wes Anderson movies that that, that are that way um right. so I didn't know if there was just kind of one or two in general yeah. like the major major great song movie moments for you guys yeah I think this one it's not I mean it's more kind of stark and unsettling but um when they play stuck in the middle with you on Reservoir Dogs yes it's like shocking and when i hear that song now it just reminds me of that and that you know i it in a in a way it's it's kind of you know it's just contrasting how intense that moment in the movie is with such a lighthearted tune but you know it's memorable essentially that plus um what uh what's the name of the track that starts off pulp fiction the, the uh, um, wave like surf guitar. I can't think of yeah. what that tune is called. Tarantino was the first guy. He, he just breaks all the rules with, with what you're saying, how you, how you start a movie, literally with that. It mm-hmm. just comes on in the credits roll. Like, that song is playing. Like, that has not been done before. The Reservoir Dogs thing, you're matching this song with that grisly scene. I mean, now, anytime you see something like that in the movie, you might not think Tarantino, but it's always a Tarantino pull. Like if you put down Icky Thump, um, 
over some scene that isn't that serious or like you're like oh that that's the Tarantino movie I forget what movie Icky Thump right. is in the other guys yeah when the they're in the office shootout right. scene yep. yeah yep. and they just yep. throw the papers all over but yeah no, going back to Tarantino and opening credits obviously Reservoir Dogs is numero uno there but uh, this is a Jackie Brown podcast and this would not be complete without talking about across 110th street and her just on the moving walkway through LAX while while hundred across 110th street plays. And it's, she starts running. It just matches. Oh. Give you a little taste of that. Here we go. Bobby Womack. Max Carey. Max has got a gun. I'm a bail bondsman. So Baby Driver is another one where right. Edgar Wright had the playlist first and right. built the script around it. So that yeah. that one's kind of a cheat code um, of music, mm-hmm. music movie scenes just because everything from the timing second by second of the songs. He When right. he sent the script to all the actors – he sent it in this manila envelope and it came with a USB stick and he told all the actors, plug this in. And he, all the scripts had start at this point, end at this point. So they could be listening to the music cues while they were reading the script. And again, right. just Edgar Wright cheat code level stuff. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel like did it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know which of those was first, but that's like this the thing where the characters uh musical interests are serve the 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 film soundtrack and that's a really cool thing but also i had here just a couple of i mean i had baby driver and that on there and i was thinking also like high fidelity mm. for instance mm. when the, when he just drops the beta band when they're in there it is it's the moment where you you have that realization of how dope that song is and um another one that I'm I'm not a huge fan of Garden State, but when she like talks about the shins, oh, that, I don't know if y'all had that. Prompts. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I've got it. I've got it crossed over though, so it's it's not the exact same thing. But yeah. But as far as like um, you know, non soundtracks like that, what are some of y'all's like favorite um, well, soundtracks? I've got, like I've, just I've in, got in general. To say, uh, I mean, it starts it ends with the greatest contract ever made. Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh just, man, perfectly curated m- m- montage after montage. Like, yeah, it, it's absolutely incredible. And um, I'm pretty sure whoever made Kong Skull Island just copy and pasted that off Spotify and just mm. put it in that movie. And I fucking loved it. Keep running it back. Um, yeah, I mean, what West has West has a lot of great soundtracks. Uh, using uh, uh, say Se- Jorge doing all those Bowie tracks yeah. in Portuguese is awesome. That's an amazing. And then you get the Cigarros uh, at the very end. Um, incredible. I mean, I we don't need to go into his soundtracks really. Um, 
and if we're talking about curated soundtracks, right? Not like any scores. Well, any kind. I mean, that's why I was thinking. You know, there's something to be said for both both types. I think, but like for instance, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor, mm-hmm. they've made so many. Oh, they, Network. They've made so many amazing soundtracks. That Social Network one is just is absolutely next level. Hands um, covered bruise of that for a song just yeah crushes every single time. Oh, and, so, and and the the second track on it just it 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 takes you in right away, right when he starts writing the algorithm. Uh, and then I think right. the third song just sounds like a horror movie when you're looking just, at all the Harvard fraternity party right. or the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, whatever clubs. The versatility of industrial music for being like tense and sort of almost horror level like tension building yeah exactly and then going off of soundtrack people obviously any any johnny greenwood pt anderson good collaboration we talked about a little bit with minimalism but no yeah there will be blood there will be blood in the master both they they give you that feeling of when you're what it makes you uncomfortable yeah it, it, it provides something it, it, it provides you with an unsettling feeling even though nothing unsettling is necessarily going on both of those movies right. you're like something's off and uh it's perfect john bryan eternal sunshine and spotless mind um dust brothers they did uh they do fight club mm-hmm. and then the the uh, Tanger, uh, what is it? Uh, Tangerine Dream did Thief, and then who did? Uh, and that was the, uh, right in the wake of Blade Runner. Who did Blade Runner? Vangelis. Yeah. yeah. They're they're the band closing out <laughs> Rooster Fest at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Oh, and dude, Tom York's. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Ed Norton's uh, movie oh, Motherless no. Brooklyn. Uh, Tom York and Flea did the soundtrack for that and it's fucking great um pretty good movie um it's pretty long but it's pretty enjoyable that was a pretty dope little rundown right there yeah some good all right let's get into it danny what do you got for us all right so yeah we're just like i said we're gonna rip through some of the prompts here and Bruce, you already alluded to one earlier uh the first prompt is if you owned a record store on milwaukee avenue and your eclectic clientele was all in there on a busy day, and you had to put on one song that that you would end up selling five albums of that day. And you lean over, and instead of saying, "I'm I'm going to sell five copies of the three EPs by the Beta Band," what song? And instead of instead of the dry the rain moment, which is an all time moment, I'm glad you brought it up. But you own a record store and you need to put out one song to basically make your weekly sales quota. What are you going with? I'll start this one off. I had Meet Me in the City by Junior Kimbrough. I think the, I, I think the blues is, even in this day and age of Spotify and social media and the internet, it's a somewhat unaccessible genre. Um, I, I don't really think a lot of people realize there's still modern blues coming out and that whole i mean i i I just love delta blues right and junior kimbrough meet me in the city is just such a fun easy lick 
throughout the whole time. And I think it's just going to be one that everyone, no matter who you are, you're going to get around to it. And not, again, not a lot of people really listen to the blues a lot. And this would just be able to sell a couple records that day. Yeah. I mean, that's black keys have a version of this, but it's just the OG is so good. It's just got that momentum. And, it, and it's that guitar look you can just remember. that just gets stuck in your head in a good way yeah absolutely like um yeah i think the i think i first heard the black keys version of it but it made me go look back at all of the mm -hmm. i mean their influences are all those junior kimbrough all those old old cats um i mean yeah i if i could just have a 2003 2004 you know rubber factory ask album out again um i I totally would. Yeah. So I think the one I'll go with for this prompt. Um, that baseline is so sweet. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know if that is necessarily like an extremely cinematic, you know, that may be a little too subtle for cinema. You know, I think right? it plays, man. I mean, <laughs> it's a record store. Like I, how many times have you walked into a record store and they're just playing Right. weird experimental noise at like 11 a.m on a saturday and you're just like can you turn this off please like right. why why are you driving people out of the store where that is gonna make people just bop their heads right davy jones well for mine i would I'm, I'm gonna mention something that i talked about i think uh two pods ago but i already can see it i started off the guy looks up, he's by his and he's like, is this the band? It kind of sounds like the band. I'm like, no, man. Who is it? Bobby fucking Charles. That's who yeah. it is. I let that record run, and, um, yeah, it just sells itself. I mean, what, what else can you say? Yeah, I mean, it's just sturdy. Just good songwriting, you know, like, Oh, we're we're ending the we're ending the day on this one, man. This is how I go to bed every night. Last call. <laughs> Wild apple at the bar. Blooming all around. Place now, baby. I must be in a good place now. Yeah, that's a straight hitter right there. And it's a great prompt, Danny. And that's a song that, like you said, I feel like a lot of a lot of people don't are not up on Bobby Charles, even though it's pretty much the band. <laughs> that's gonna be like in um, Waves when Gene Lucas Hedges is in the car and he's like, "Oh, is this Blood Orange? No, it's Animal Collective." Like that, that's the only. <laughs> I just want one girl to look at me one time and be like, it's "An Animal Collective song?" Like that's there's. There's Danny's dream right there. So there's prompt number one, checked off. Good job, boys. Second prompt, one we've 
uh, this is a scene more of a general movie scene. We've seen it um, all the time, but pretty girl walks down the hallway, you know, like, oh man, it, it could be when you popcorn the lifeguard stand, but the first time we get the nerdy kids POV of the pretty girl walking down the hallway and, you know, it's Moses partying the Red Sea of high school kids and this girl just slowly walking and the hair's flowing back and, you know, the, and she's just looking great. And yeah. right off the bat, this one might be too on the nose, might have stolen it from you guys, but Spodiote Dopalicious, I just want that little drum roll just into, yeah. damn. That's exactly it's just, where your mind like, goes. Right when that comes in, it's just like this girl. <laughs> this this is literally the perfect song for what you just carried away we'll just listen to that whole thing soon yeah <laughs> eight minutes later we're back um <laughs> both big boy and andre's verses on those are great i love the big boy line go ahead and marinate on that go ahead and marinate on that for a minute um it's just one of the one of the best ways i've ever heard someone say take a minute to think about that just go ahead and marinate on that for a minute right it, it's a it's a shockingly super popular song like I don't know anybody that's ever heard that and not been like it and not had a little phase with that track. Mm. I mean, it, it, uh, it's off of Quim and I, right? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's like one of those, uh, not like it's super out of left. Like it, it, it's like the, it, it's not like bound to at the end of Jesus or something, but it is just, it, 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 it crushes. And right when you hear it, you're enraptured. And then, both yeah, like you said, both verses. Charles Dickens, uh, <laughs> sipping the OE, like it, it, it's it's too damn good. Let the liquor tell it. Yeah. Well, my immediately my immediate thought when you said that was, <laughs> uh, and. It, it could be used to a comedic effect if it's an older dude uh, looking at a at a younger chick. But hey, nineteen. <laughs> I mean, if I, I was trying to think of Steely Dan songs that could be in a movie, and hey, nineteen was one of you, and it was literally slow mo. Right, right. Potentially comedic, but also, you know, kind of on point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, 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 it's self-aware that, like, we know what we're doing when we're putting this out. Right, right. Like, you could see it played, and everybody wants some. You know, when the girls are walking at the guys, three of them, three of them, and it's such a cheesy-looking scene, and they all meet and start dancing. We got to be careful again with this, the steely too. <laughs> this will just be a drifting whole away. This will just be a whole steely cast. So the, I think the one I'm gonna go with. This is one that. I, this is just a tune that I really like. I don't know if if it's one of their top tunes, but I think it 
for me, this fits what you're talking about. So this is um, Friday Morning by Kroongbin. <sighs> so it's just like, it's not kind of like some Isaac Hayes type guitar. Their stuff is just like so nicely produced. They're they're a band that I think uh, should always be collaborating with other artists. Like every one of their albums should I be. Agree. I don't I don't I don't really think they can stand out. Like some of their stuff stands out on its own, obviously, but like when they are a backing band for somebody right. it's they you can create some fucking they've, magic yeah they've got a good i was thinking like i mean i like them they've got a good vibe and i think they could do a whole a whole soundtrack i think would could benefit from from their aesthetic but that's that song especially but i almost every time i finish a crumbing song it's just that like <sighs> Just like breath of fresh air, right. you know, the guy could be staring at the girl going down the hallway or it's some college kid who just smoked weed for the first time <laughs> staring at some like fresh Taco Bell. Like <laughs> you, you kind of have the same like, oh, come here, baby, you know, vibe right there. I, I used to work out or you can just blast it in the car when you're pissed off. And there's a little bit of a buildup at the beginning when in my mind, like all the roommates in the house are like, we should throw a party, we should throw a party, we should throw a party. And then it drops, boom, right in the middle of some dude jumping off a building, you know. Fucking hands up, smiling cause I'm young, rich, gay, and I'm handsome. Yeah, the fam go deep like scuba. I got the so cold look like Medusa. This is, this is the song that plays when they're hung before they're hung over in the yeah, morning yeah. after they've been listening to this. This is the party. Like the party's going on right now. If you talking that shit, get bazooka. You know game ass looking like a blooper. Damn, I haven't heard that tune before. Very nice. Yeah, I, I just love just that little build up to it, and the I don't know who he I forgot who he had doing the lyrics on that one, but it's goofy, you know. Smokes, I'm young, rich, gay, and I'm handsome. That's just a funny line to say, and it's this huge swells, and then it ends, and boom, the cicadas are chirping, and everyone's coming over. Well, I do. Yeah, the one, one the one, one is just yeah. The oh, one, you go ahead. Then. Yeah, the one I had for this, and it's sort of. It's definitely on the nose, but um, so Primal Scream, Screamadelica, this is like essentially proto LCD sound system. It's like a rock band fucking around with Acid House and stuff, but this track loaded. Just what is it that you want? It's just got this amazing well, we sample to start, and it's just we want to be free to, to do what we want to do. You know, it's and we want to get loaded. Maybe a little a more. Um, and that's what we're gonna do. Well, wait, baby, let's go. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a party. You know, it's it's right not quite you. as hype as that Grizz, but it's just about having a good time. You know. I still want. I still want to go to this party. <laughs> I 
So Edgar Wright actually does use that song in the world's end. Um, and it's um, when they're, I think it's when they're driving into their hometown to go on this huge bar crawl. So you, mm. <laughs> you nailed it, man. You absolutely nailed it. It's, I just love that. And that sample. Is I love so the great. intro. Yeah. I, I don't know where it's from, but we want to get loaded. We want to have a good time. <laughs> I, I fucking adore world's end. That's just like the most perfect, uh, uh, pitch for a movie just like you're doing that you're doing this bar call you're gonna have to fight what uh they're, they're like being affected they're they're like aliens right yeah like some superior alien races yeah, yeah, yeah. taking over all their old I, bodies I, I so i saw that before the before any of the other ones in the trilogy and because that one come out i'm like oh my god like i haven't seen this uh, this is this is so up my alley i don't know when that came out maybe 2000 i saw it in the theaters over in lincoln park with will and my dad so will was living in lincoln park what so like time. 2011 12 something That's like that what I was thinking. I was yeah like, yeah it was it was right around there um so a, a classic one that i don't think will ever get old that um just comes to mind is just you don't have to recreate the wheel in the club 50 cent. I mean, yeah. everybody's going to be fucking happy. That is a, uh, that's a very, uh, a broad choice that will appeal to the masses. But, right. um, when I was probably 18, uh, 18, 19, I would want to hear go by tonight and maybe, maybe do some damage who knows not 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 like you know we're not tearing shit up but right. we're tearing some shit up it's yeah this this Just song is definitely in that same vein it's like out of control the bass on this it could be at woodstock 99 <laughs> It is so intense. Because there's no lyrics, there's nobody telling you what to do. So you will right. do whatever anybody else is doing. If that's burning the house down, you will burn the house down. Yeah. That's a banger. <laughs> yeah. It, it even sounds like a swarm of insects right there at the end, just like, buzzing in to go a bunch of locusts ready to go eat up the drywall in, in the house that so. actually made me nervous thinking about that <laughs> being black like yeah man that woodstock 99 after watching that woodstock 99 i'm like oh my god we got to censor this this intense music yeah. <laughs> trigger not, warnings I'm, not, I'm obviously not serious about that but <laughs> so um we will just limp biscuit <laughs> so Keep in order to, to break just give me something to break. Oh, man. So in order to bring our heart rates down a little bit, we will go with the <laughs> exact opposite movie scene. I just want bright, beautiful day. Maybe it's a loving couple. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's some old rich guy. But just someone just sailing on Lake Tahoe. That's all it is. The, the, this scene provides no real context to the movie. Right. Unless you're talking, unless you're talking Godfather two, like Tahoe, but you, but you you put in the, in there for good some like good cinematography and to just drop it. a song that you've been wanting to put in your movie for a while. The the only purpose of this scene 
is for landscapes, just like big sweeping landscape shots of you get, you get the snow cap top uh, snow cap mountains in the back. You get beautiful blue Lake Tahoe, right. all these green, all these beautiful lush green fields and forests around. And, and for me, when I think kind of sailing and even though it's a, in the lake, I consider it open water, but even like this big, beautiful water, my mind kind of goes to bossa nova it kind of goes into the mm-hmm. will o'hara non-elite summer playlist but the one song that just kind of brings it all home for me is paul desmond's bossa antigua uh so paul desmond jazz saxophonist most um notably with dave brubeck and with in the best part of dave brubeck was he they covered so much stuff. You have just kind of your, your classic American jazz albums. They have some Boston Nova stuff, you know, blue Rondo a la Turk was this kind of insane album they did. Um, and the song, especially with the time signatures, they went over, I think there's some government thing to go bring like American jazz into Europe. And they were traveling around Turkey and, you know, they listened to songs like Nine Eights Time over there, which is like the 4-4 four, four of American music. So it's it just like a lot of very good, just like musician, musicianship throughout Dave Brubeck and, and Paul Desmond took the Bossa Nova part of it uh, into Bossa Antigua. And I just think it matches Blue Waters and Sunny Skies. Just a nice, um, just for like a landscape yeah exactly just the drone there's like a drone footage <laughs> the exact opposite of 99. i kind of want the camera maybe attached right there well we're on a sailboat right yeah oh, you can like, see the like waves lapping on the sides I, I want like the exact same like production budget Wes had for bottle rocket right there though because that seems to fit right in there, but they're on they're on the boat. So this is the one I've got for this. This is a Boards of Canada track right here. So this my my vision of this scene is not quite optimistic. It's kind of like a moment in the film where you're like, I don't know how it's gonna go, but yeah. No, that's it contrasts this beautiful scene where you're thinking somebody should be at peace, but the story is not at peace. Right. This this sounds like it being an Alex Garland yeah, movie. It's or, got, or in devs. It's kind of like the misremembered past type of vibe. <laughs> 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 Mostly just kind of droney like when I, whenever you mentioned that, I that was one of the prompts I had too. Mm-hmm. Is like landscape type songs, which you know, to me, a lot of film scores will have just you know that's what I feel like a lot of those mm-hmm. people. I'm talking about Hans Zimmer, those types of people. Like for instance, on Blade Runner 2049, I feel like that movie has a lot of those. Not, I mean, they're not beautiful landscapes; they're dystopian cityscapes, but that kind of droney sound I like for that kind of uh, vibe in a movie. Um, so one that came to mind for me, we're not thinking too much landscape. I'm trying to figure out how this works in context and what this film would be. Maybe you guys can fill in the blanks of what this film would be. But One Fine Day, David mm-hmm. Byrne. 
Oh yeah. I mean, it. That's what I would. I personally would want to be listening to that mm-hmm. on that boat. Right. That was the second choice I had. For this it might be a boring day, but I'm gonna enjoy my time on that boat. Yeah, because it's just the song is just. This is like the resolution of the film right here. Yeah. Oh, this is has such a resolve to it, in my opinion. It was a movie, a minimalist movie about a guy's relationship with his daughter and rekindling that. But at the beginning of the movie, you see there's a hole in the boat. He had to get new. He had, he had to he had to get some new slack to tie some new knots. He had to learn some new knots. But as his relationship with the girl, with his daughter, uh, rekindles, and they get some uh, uh, they get some comfort there. He fixes the hole too. Which movie ends? Which is basically, <laughs> which is besides the hole in the boat, is the exact plot for somewhere. The uh, Sofia Coppola movie with uh, Stephen Dorff and I think it's Elle Fanning plays his daughter, but it's it's oh, kind of wait, it's, oh I've heard about that movie, dude. That's supposed to be a great movie. I like it a lot. It's really it's not a plot driven movie at all. It's just kind of Stephen Dorff driving around L.A. in this black Ferrari and his daughter just hanging out with roommate Chris Pontius playing Guitar Hero and them just trying to kind of get back together. She's a child. Isn't he like some writer or he's an action movie star. Oh, okay. But there's a great scene at the end. He's kind of in the California desert and just, I don't, I'm not really spoiling it against movie or nothing. He just kind of leaves his Ferrari on the side of the road and just kind of walks into it and just kind of walking away from this rock, from this rock star action movie hero life. And you're like, that would be the perfect part for that, for that beautiful, like yep. orange sunset, California desert. There you go. Man, somewhere. Th- this is also back-to-back weeks of me mentioning Sofia Coppola films, so I'm on a bit of a kick <laughs> here, guys. Everything except Godfather 3. Um, moving on. Going more into the rom-com side of things now. The relationship going well montage. You know, we're maybe about halfway through the movie. They've already had the funny, awkward first date. He might have knocked over the waitress's dishes or spilled a glass of wine on it on the girl and he's nervous and but she does eventually call him back and they find they have something in common and the next few minutes is just this you know them going to the movies going to the park you know going on the little swan boats in the park or whatever and them just having a lot of fun and you know going into that whole relationship going well um and the, the song I'd go for that is William Onyabar's Fantastic Man. Um, it starts off kind of like choppy, but overall, um, it's just this super fun song. And really the only lyrics you care about are the words Fantastic Man. They get repeated over and it's the beginning of the yeah. relationship. This guy's got to be a fantastic man, right? Right. And it's like this tune, it's just... Another David Byrne. I mean, he didn't make this, but. This this guy is just. 
He's got such a cool like approach to synthesizers. You can just see like Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston at a Cubs game to that song. <laughs> when you when you mentioned that, I, this song came to mind, and I hope that I mean, Dave, I know Dave obviously knows. I'm sure you know this track too, Danny. But I I was thinking about where to me. Y'all will probably find this a funny pick that I chose for this, but I just love this tune. I'm just gonna play it so that y'all can hear what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, this would be so dope in a movie, like a montage of like something really positive. I, I freaking love that song. Great track, great music video. Um, <clears throat> I'll keep it tight in the circle. You know, give me a, give me on my cheek. Uh, like Grizzly uh, Team uh, the Salvation. Doesn't joke. Talking about the homegrown right here. Yes. I think we're only getting mono right here. I can't, I can't hear Joe's Joe's guitar. Are y'all able I can't to hear, hear that? It's low fidelity bullshit. That's my fault on the, on the production there without stereo for our Grizz. You're good for all of our listeners out there. Cousin Joe is just absolutely we just cut wave in this whammy it. bar uh sorry and you guys that. saw you guys saw the the fame closing the fame closer yeah. it was that was sweet it was fantastic they played yeah. raider they didn't play on my cheek they're probably tired of playing that one they played raiders raiders of the lost Ark. yeah motherfucker really like that movie with harrison Ford. <laughs> um and they closed with booty ain't got no brain <laughs> yeah have you have you heard it, their new track booty struck yeah, dude, they played Booty Struck, dude. Okay. It was great, dude. He was wearing like Grizzly was wearing like a dress at, at the show. It was great. And and Jim and Sarah, like, yeah, they've been best friends since like fourth grade. I'm like, these two, these two guys shouldn't be hanging out together. Booty struck sounds like a That's Black Joe Lewis trouble. song. <laughs> this is like a Black Joe Lewis song. I, I gotta check I, that I, out. I don't think I'd ever seen a set list have two songs. I think it was started two and songs was bookended booty. by two songs that start with booty. Yeah. <laughs> That's some parliament level shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was the fun part of the of the rom com. Um a, a, as we all know, rom coms come to their point where one of the two characters has to take that solo road trip across the country to the new city after they break up, which the one thing I'm going to call out about this scene is that one of them walks in on the other one cheating on them. So they pack up the car and leave. 
and they're in a new city two days later and they're like already moving into a new apartment and you're like how did you sign a lease that quickly that's that's always the question i have but <laughs> kind of going back there's usually some good city or excuse me some good landscape no, shots here you saw them they were moving their boxes in together and they were helping each other they were yeah. laughing it's all good <laughs> until it was cracked a bottle of wine that first night and you know what they ate dinner on the floor and they didn't care. <laughs> they were just happy to be together. It was just like lo- local pizza on Franzia night. But um, yeah. so the, that road trip is always, it's always some beat up little cars stuffed to the brims with like a, with like a milk crate full of records and two boxes of blankets, you know. Um, but for me, the, the song that's playing while the, the sad recently dumped person is driving is new orders age of consent um just from that opening line won't, won't you please let me go these words lie inside they hurt me so going all the way through the chorus ending them just i've lost you i've lost you i've lost you i've lost you it just that's obviously a song about breaking up and a song that people listen to as soon as they get done Beautiful drums, though. I love these. I've been getting more and more into those, like, that first generation of post-punk stuff. Like, I think for for me, a lot of stuff like that, I get into based on people who are influenced by them, and I read about it, mm-hmm. and then I go back and listen to the OG stuff. But So, if you want to get more into it, um, there's this guy, Chris Ott. He used to be a writer for Pitchfork, like, super early on in it. He's been a music critic, basically, his whole life, but... He has this podcast called Shallow Rewards, um, which he did like a couple videos and stuff back in like 2015, 2016. He's been doing a lot more recently now on The Cure. He's kind of doing like an album by album breakdown. And he's just like, he he has a PhD in Robert Smith. Like, but if you want that whole post-punk kind of early new wave British stuff, he'll give you an oral history from the, the amount of flat tires they got in Boston to the amount of tracks they got played in the U.S. It's... Shout out, Chris Ott. For me, like, <laughs> this is like my go-to sort of depressing thing. And, you know, we've we've talked about Elliot Smith before, but oh, man. it's just trigger it's warning. Just, it's just devastating. But on the one hand, I love his guitar playing. But, you know, for me, Alameda, it's just like, it's the one that, it's just so sad, but... I just love it. It may not convey quite the level of sadness of like hitting the road, but. Are we premising on this the end of the movie or this is just the sad drive? 
this is this is the sad drive. I think that plays perfectly in you, Reese. <laughs> I, I I think the I think the acoustic guitar there and kind of having that hollowed out sound of it just again this person's heart is hollowed out right now. So the only way to fill it is with <laughs> Punch right. Smith. Pretty much any song off either or will fit that fit that bill. In in my story, how this ends, it's a sad breakup, but there's a moment of clarity that comes uh, for our protagonist. He or she, and they're, they're, they're picked up and via their pickup, Louisiana Gold by Anders Osborne comes mm-hmm. on. Cross country tune. Yeah. Came from Northern California. Yeah, this tune. It, love to ride the it, it's a recollection of the relationship. Mm, a little right, bit. Right, right. It's the story. But yeah, this is this song ends with the road made the road made him a fan. He didn't right. follow any one man's this, plan, the road made him a fan. This almost sounds like he left reluctantly and it wasn't necessarily a breakup but he was like remorseful to go but he had somewhere to go they're all he's getting flat i was gonna say he's getting, he's getting like flashbacks on the windshield but he's just driving right through them he's yeah. like i can't go back gotta keep, gotta keep moving it's the road can't stop on the road at louisiana go <laughs> so i got one more here um we're we're all Friday Night Lights fans here. Uh, the show and the movie. Uh, this is gonna be again. I, I don't think anyone did it better than Explosions in the Sky and that whole kind of sound for it. But that aside, the scene in the pilot, the star quarterback has just been taken off the field. He's on his way to the hospital, and it's and it's the back and forth cut scenes of like Jason Street going into surgery, getting prepped, and Matt Sarrison trying to take it all on the field at the same time. And, and you get these cutbacks of these like just intense hospital sounds matched with backup quarterback kind of fumbling the ball, you know, around and everyone's like, Oh God, we're going to lose. And then there's all of a sudden a bit of a swell and the, in the game, the momentum starts to turn a little bit. He starts to, he gets that shovel pass to, to smash Williams to gain some confidence. Right. But you still know, but you still don't know what's going to happen with Street. So that whole back and forth has to have just, in my mind, an extremely tense situation throughout with a, a bit of a swell later on. Um, and that for me would be Stay Down by Boy Genius. Um, talked about uh, Phoebe Bridgers, Julie Baker, and Lou Stocks a lot. Um, and they just might be some of the best three of the best voices around and this song just has an absolutely crushing tone throughout it, but it does have that little pickup at the end, but kind of comes back down at the end where you're like, okay, is he paralyzed or not? I hadn't heard this before, but just from those first steps. All right, 38 Switchblade, the state championship. I love all of y'all. That's my point, show. 
yeah, so you can see where the toad is set there. Yeah. I'm tearing up. It's a tough song. It's a tough song. Is Matt Saracen going to be all right? So. Got to watch episode two. For me, I think um, this track right here that I'm going to go with, it's by Autecker, one of these IDM bands, but. It's kind of uh it's kind of drony but um it goes along with this like It's got a little sense of urgency though to it like And I'm already looking the quarterback is like his life is kind of crumbling and these it's happening so fast He's not hearing anything around him. That's what it sounds like. And that's what it sounds like the quarterback, too. It's just the shots of the fans screaming in the stands, but but you don't hear the screaming. Like, he just kind of has this, like, tunnel vision, just what the hell's going on. Damn. I. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a tricky thing. Heavy. Um I don't, this is this is treading old ground because this is literally started a movie we've talked about on this podcast, but gotta be above it comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, it's so fitting to start waves, but that whispering gotta be above it can relate to both players. And then when that guitar... <clears throat> It's like rips in all of a sudden that that it's kind of that back and forth like mm-hmm. um yeah because immediately i was just thinking of what do i listen to that sounds like i i friday night lights is too entrenched in my head for me to think of anything outside explosions in the sky yeah It doesn't fit in Friday Nights, but in my, whatever it's, I'm making, it might. It, it does, though, because this is such a panicked sound it, right now. Yeah. I, both of those players, I mean, Saracen's panicked as shit. Everyone in the hospital and speaking are panicked. I like, I like the, we all find this song so unbelievably panicked because we've seen fucking Wade. <laughs> Well, like, I remember when I first heard this record, nothing on it made me feel anxiety. <laughs> but at, definitely after watching Waves, that song, it's like, I never had thought of Be Above It as, a, like, your sort of motto for excellence, I guess. Well, I got a few, if you guys want to hear them. Please. Yeah. My first track was... One of the greats, uh, Don't Do It by the band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Feel that bass. I 
kind of in the vein of, uh, like if Steve Martin was to chase down John Candy at the end of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, he's leaving. He's like, no, you're coming to Thanksgiving with us. But this is more updated, so it's like, you know, Dave Franco or uh, Zac Efron chasing down Dave Franco at the airport. Hmm. Boys got to stick together. Right. I love how you, you just took, took that from this like very ro- romantic scene and just like, dude, she's not worth it. Stay with the boys. And just like <laughs> in, in this ultimate hangout movie. Um, and that's the thing about hangout movies is that they have to have a great soundtrack because they're not always the most plot driven movie. So mm-hmm. the, the music actually does carry a lot of weight to it. And for some reason, I'm thinking we don't care by Kanye. Just like he's oh. like, he's like, I gotta get home, man. It, it's my girlfriend's dad's like 50th birthday. Like they're, they're having this big barbecue. It's going to be huge mess if I don't show up there. He's just like, Dude, we don't care. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I got the perfect song for the kids to sing. And all my people that's drug dealing oh. just to get by. And as soon as they hit, as soon as they hit drug dealing, this dude's like blacked out in the club in Tulum. Like he did oh, not he, make it on the plane. <laughs> one, well, no, one of the, one of the boys back at the, back at the uh, hotel or at uh, back at the hotel, it's like, wait, you're really gonna go after him? He's gone, dude. He's like, I got it. Like, are you kidding me? I gotta, gotta get my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no words spoken there. He just looks at him and is like, and then like two like just settled nods. Just go yeah. Or, or I'd like a, uh, I'd like a quick him running, and then it's like, you didn't have to like uh, somehow do it where it's like, yeah, you didn't even have to run. Like immediate shot, he's like back at the fucking bar. <laughs> so I think for this one, like, I'm envisioning like the whole drive, like the whole process, not just the airport. So it's like driving all the way out, and so. I'm going with some fella cootie, like, Ready, I'm just thinking, like, three, like some, some momentum, you know? He's, He's on running out. traffic, yes. Right. A couple action moves like sliding over cars and stuff. He gets in, he's cabs. running through the crowd and he runs past the guy and the guy's like, dude, we don't board for like an hour and a half, man. <laughs> <laughs> As he's just like working up a sweat. Right. He, and like the entire airport just looks back at him pissed off. There's a wake of like spilled bags and kids crying. <laughs> That's great. Oh man. Alright. Um Okay, so uh, going back to something Cyrus mentioned at the beginning, talking about Garden State. So I was thinking of one that I kind of combined uh, into one. Um, so you're smoking weed with a girl you're like 
seeing, dating, but you're, you're smoking weed for the first time. <clears throat> and you can use the Garden State line if you want to, but that that's the uh, that's where we're at. And uh, at least for me, it's gonna be there will be no talk. It's it's just the the, the track, kind of slow moe. Uh, kind of just capturing the faces of both of these two people. And that track is Cherry by J.J. Kale. It's just like the perfect little hitter. It's not, because you don't know this person, it's not like too romantic of a moment. We're not blowing out of the park. Right, We're vibing right, right now. A sly grins and Jerry, I'd like to love you. Jerry, will you love me too? And and you gotta have some classic just get some good giggles in there. Right. I'm gonna go with this tune and I it may come I don't know if this this will fit exactly, but so this this It's tune, your own interpretation. Right, right. And so they play this this tune tell me the story um, well so this is this is used prominently in a wes anderson film multiple times and it's it's just i just love the vibe of this and not so much the lyrics just the melody and the um the like guitar and stuff and so this is i won't hurt you by the west coast pop art experimental band This relationship's gonna last, by the way, in this movie. <laughs> These are two people that have like not the worst damage, but they've got they, they've had some they have a story to tell. Yeah. And just that and they feel they, they feel safe. They feel safe together. And just that thumping is like the dude's heartbeat. He's high so he can feel it, it's really fast, but he's falling in love, so it's just like whoa, 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 whoa. This is another this is another victim of um, mono, not like there's another. I've never heard it like this, actually. It's just like it acapella, and so there's like a nice little guitar, guitar that goes yeah. with that. But, um, um, I would go with a group I mentioned on the last episode, uh, Beat Happening, and the song Indian Summer. Um, again, going back to Calvin Johnson, just like, really low voice but the lyrics are, are are kind of about this you can assume it's about this young man potentially about to lose his virginity maybe and just maybe kind of fumbling around with it uh a little bit as someone in that situation would do but it just got this like really deep slow guitar to it and just kind of boom, 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 boom. But for me, the lyrics match the scene a lot. Breakfast in cemetery, boy tasting wild cherry, touch girl apple blossom, just a boy playing possum. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. 
Some slight eye contact is now being made. I'm not sure what Indian summer means. I want to find out. Wear a jolly crown. Dude, that's not something you can do. Everybody has to find their own Indian summer. Okay, I got two more. Um, so this one, this will be. This is a. Uh, this is uh, under the uh, the rom com. And, and by rom-com, like me and Cyrus have had this discussion. To me, rom-coms are, it's a pretty broad genre now. I mean, like mm -hmm. High Fidelity is a rom-com in a lot of senses. It just, it made it, it made, it doesn't fit the formulaic, but like it's a romantic comedy. Um, uh, or or think like the Judd Apatow, uh, like those movies are pretty much all rom-coms. But so for this one, this might even be, too, the question might be too shallow for those, at least what my answer is going to be. So it's a song and a comedy, kind of kind of near the beginning. Our, 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 uh, our protagonist is dating somebody they don't like, or they, they like, they think, they think they're in love. They live, they live together. They're very overbearing. Um, but they finally let them go out for the night with, with the boys. So, a lot of these are about just getting back with the boys. Uh, and that that track is is I mean th this song is played. It's so on the nose that it's like the song itself is a comedic point to this scene, which is freedom, George Michael. Oh man, what well, perfect for the scene you're describing. <laughs> it has to start off the movie though. You see, they're in an argument. You know they right. live together. It has to be at the very beginning. It can't be in the middle. This is too sh strong of a song to, besides Keanu, a great film. I've never seen this in the middle of a movie. Which is, Keanu is one of the most underrated comedies out. He's just like, he's just like storming out of the apartment to, to, to go to the bar with buddy. Yeah. He's grinning. He's walking like He's living in, in, in the city somewhere and he is just fucking like smiling from, from head to toe, man. Like <laughs> he's out of that toxic mess. Uh, yeah, I just realized there's a consistent theme here, I guess. I'm just like trying to. <laughs> Are you trying to tell us something, Dave? Do you need me to come down for the weekend? I, I find, I just, I, it's my, it's my favorite type of humor is just men Boys. not wanting just men wanting to hang out with men i find it hilarious like so, it doesn't get old going off of that beautiful sentiment i'll go with the song we talked about a, a, a while ago i forgot the context like completely different context but lil, lil bob and the lollipops i got loaded yeah just the dude just walking out and he's like all i want to do and it kind of goes maybe into the next morning a little bit when he's Ooh. hung over sleeping on his buddy's couch let's do a but... montage 
montage. I, I got loaded montage of him just leaving his girlfriend's apartment to the bar, getting loaded, and sleeping right. on his buddy's couch playing Gretzky. Dude, this is in the middle. Maybe the movie. Yeah. And by the end of the montage, they're already done. Oh yeah, it's it's we over. Didn't, we didn't even need to use any shots, like any dialogue to end the relationship. We just put this baby on. It's official the next morning when he wakes up on his buddy's couch and just checks his phone. No new messages. Relationship over. But he's feeling fine. He's going to go down to the coffee shop downstairs and meet a cute girl with a little, you know, ankle tattoo, septum piercing, green hair barista, man. Have a cigarette inside. Oh, new leaf. So, <laughs> the song, <laughs> so the song that I was gonna go with, uh, <laughs> kind of follows in the, in the in the footsteps of what Dave had decided. And so, this may be a little non-PC to play, but so I'm gonna go with Richie Havens' "Freedom." <laughs> so the the sentiment is not <laughs> freedom from a relationship. But uh, freedom more broadly. But we're talking Woodstock yeah. freedom. Yeah. This the version of him at Woodstock playing this is like, I mean, obviously not Woodstock '99. I think he plays the guitar for the first like few minutes though, so if we're gonna if this is being played, that woman has to be fucking or or, or like This is freedom. Either way, guy, girl, whoever whoever's get whoever's leaving for the night, they're 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 uh that person has to be pretty shit. Actually for any of them to work, that person has to be shit. I always think of the 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 girl that uh uh, the guy dates in The Hangover. Um, uh, and, uh, Ed, Ed, Helms uh, is. Ed Helms. He's the one. She, for some reason, I always just think of her as like the worst. Yeah. Well, she is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got, I've got one more, and we'll wrap it up here. This, I thought of this one today, um, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the first part of this movie takes place to lead to this moment. I'm thinking some sort of lottery, maybe the world is ending and you won the lottery to do this specific thing, but you're, you're in a space shuttle with Elon Musk and you're heading to live on a moon near Saturn and you're in the rings. You're going in the rings, but you're with Elon Musk. I mean, I guess that, that, that doesn't necessarily matter. Not, but he's the only guy that, you know, this is no. Th- this is a like a scene I've imagined. Like, what is the best song for a sci-fi movie in the epic moment? Yep. I mean, I'm sure after you saw 2001, and right. like it, it makes you think. Like, it, it's a lot of that music is essentially just shorthand for space. But like, you know, I think they they talked about this on space music that what space sounds like on other 
uh, podcast before. Um, shout out Chuck and CR. Uh, but boys, it, it, it's a completely personal thing on how you kind of uh, envision it. But yeah, uh, for me, Flying Lotus, um, really, it's, uh, let's see, intro on a cosmic dream, but really Zodiac shit, kind of both. Can both of them be played? I mean, we can we can accommodate like like I think personally I mean this whole record is is interstellar. You know, I was talking with Danny while you you weren't there, but I was saying like could you imagine like one of the things I was thinking of Could you go to Zodiac strings? What's that? Could you go to Zodiac shit? Yeah. No, I was thinking though, like this is the one. What were you thinking? Well, I don't want to like be talking while these drums kick in. I've been thinking about that since I was in Nicaragua. Like, I don't know, and that album just came out and I'm just sleeping in a bunk bed like for, I don't know, 10 plus years. And that album completely took me there. And I'm like, how would that be in a movie? And I'm like, probably Elon. I'd be like, or somebody would be with Elon Musk. Like, <laughs> that's right. about it. Although they do show a scene in Interstellar where they're right, they're, right. they're going by Saturn, which is... The, the scene is actually, it, it, it's fucking, it's just beautiful that, to look at. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to derail the conversation too much, but when we, when we were thinking about this prompt, one thing I was thinking of is I would consider botched soundtracks as in, like, a missed opportunity. And I think Interstellar, it's okay, but that could have been, I mean, it's, for instance... Uh, 2001 is just like a legendary the the way that they combine the music with the cinematography but but I was talking with Danny when you weren't here Dave that like what about the prompt of marrying marrying a movie and a record like the way that for instance Dark Side Ooh. of the Moon the, Dark Side of the Moon can soundtrack uh, Wizard of Oz and when you were talking about that, I was thinking, "Oh, Interstellar, well, Interstellar, think with Cos- for- Interstellar with Cosmogramma would be a yes. dope, okay. a really dope combination." I'm all in. Uh, but we don't. But again, we we. I don't want to like just drop that and. No, <laughs> we'll do it. But that that's an easy yes. I think for all of us. Um, the second thing I have to say though is, I mean, uh, Christopher Nolan in a soundtrack. I mean, he's like Coach Bud for the Bucks. He's going to run his shit. He's, he's going to get Hans get, Zimmer he's not and make gonna a, get too wild. a sturdy yeah. but non-memorable soundtrack. Yeah, it's he's going to play it by the, he's not Stanley Kubrick. He like he's not going to do it. And I will say uh Dunkirk his best, I mean some people don't like it, but the the soundtrack for Dunkirk is perfect because it's literally just uh it's just like the entire time it just and with ticks. a few other yeah. things in there it's it's amazing but that's that's like the pinnacle of 
of uh, uh, his soundtrack. But yeah, he's not gonna do. Yeah. Dude, uh, me and Danny, man, we saw that in the theaters. Oh my god! Like seeing that movie in the theater. No, 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 no. Space Odyssey. Oh. Yeah. Seeing that in the theaters is I. That needs to be like required, like for the children. Required viewing. Yeah. It that because the first time I saw it was on an on a flight. Like I was literally oh, on a yeah, flight. Oh yeah, on like two, a TV the size of I like was, a matchbox. I, I was on like a seven-hour flight, and I yeah, and I fell asleep. I was like, man, that movie's fucking boring. What's the hype? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, it. but I'm like, damn, couldn't keep my attention. All I saw were a bunch of monkeys. And uh, then you see it on a screen the size of the moon, and you're like, holy shit, they did this in like 1960 whatever. Like. There's no it way looks they should better than any sci-fi movie I've it seen since. So good. It's fucking incredible. All right. Uh was derailed a bit, but that was a that was a fantastic derailing. All right. Um Danny Roos, you guys got anything? For flying through Saturn with Elon Musk. Um obviously Gaiak, we just talked about the whole there's any Hans Zimmer, you know, Christopher Nolan thing, anything there's just the big deep tones to it is gonna work but for me if elon musk is there like we're we're probably having some fun like we're probably jamming out a little bit but something that still has to fit having fun in space my mind just kind of goes straight to dream pop and um i'd go cocteau twins cherry colored funk and it just having this very open and expansive guitar sounds and just like Elon Musk definitely loves Dream Pop. He just has to. I mean, he's like, this is just floating through space. His only rule on the on the ship is don't play Grimes. Yeah. Why do you think I'm in Saturn? I'm trying to get away from him. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, he's playing Freedom by George yeah. <laughs> this, this is spot on, though. It's like staring out the window. That is an internet, like, you know. This they, is a little overwhelming for me, listening to that, like, the, thinking um, about those rings. You know that, that um, Brian Eno's Apollo record... Are y'all familiar with that? With his track "An Ascending" or the one that's so. used in like "28 Days Later"? It's it's oh it's yeah, a song yeah, yeah, yeah. that's in a bunch of movies, but they used for I think he, they had interviewed the the astronauts and asked them what was their favorite type of music, and they had said country music. So he got de- or I'm not sure who played that pedal steel on there, but he was trying to make essentially like ambient music with with like pedal steel guitar on that. But it is interesting to think, what would you want to be listening to, like looking at the earth or something? But um, for me, I think I'm going to go, I was, <laughs> I was about to just go with another Boards of Canada track because <laughs> that just fits. If the shoe fits. If the shoe fits, but um, I think I'll go with this, like, uh, this is Ricardo Villalobos, like, this is like some some kind of like experimental jazz type stuff. You know, sort of like Flying Lotus, I suppose. But kind of otherworldly. 
track is called Recat. I like it because the drums are, uh, you feel like there aren't too many hard surfaces on those drums. Because I was immediately going to be like, dude, it's space. There's not hard surfaces around Saturn. It's Gas Planet, bro. Where What's this banging off of? Actually, now that I'm hearing this, it's, I think that this That's is, um, okay, never mind. I was thinking this was another victim of the, uh, Mono. This the mono. <laughs> Our podcast is. I'm imagining, <laughs> I'm imagining this being played at like some club on a moon of Saturn. There's just a group there, just ripping this at some like nightclub, just going about their business. Yeah, these... it's the other Star Wars cantina. Yeah. <laughs> This is like the 4 a.m. bar in, in Star it's a Wars. Sad, it's a sad one off of Saturn. Yeah. <laughs> it's the drugged out 4 a.m. cantina. Actually, here's another little uh, little droney hit right here. This may be more of like the solemn view. This is beautiful. This is one o tricks point ever. If it, this, is, this is a melancholy feel of... You realizing how you, you're literally absolutely nothing in the universe. And then you watch the Neil deGrasse Tyson YouTube video that is tells you that you should feel like you are massive because <laughs> every piece of matter is part of the universe. Um, I, I would add that like essentially anything of, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, Aegidas, Bjorn, the Cigarose, Cigarose album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Uh, uh, really works. The the second track, well, in, the intro into the second track, too. I mean, the well, then you got Star of Four uh, that's in uh, Zisu at the end. Um, but that album really works for that, too. But Yeah, I guess, I mean, may, dude, maybe Elon Musk, maybe he's like, is like a kind of a... Uh, um, a uh, what the ox cord? Maybe he's an mm. ox cord Nazi, and he doesn't so like people. Let let me give let me give you guys one prompt, and this may this may catch you off guard, but the one thing I was thinking of is like a noir type song. For it could be like, for instance, in Chinatown, that type of you know jazz that's kind of nostalgic melancholic or the jazz and for instance blade runner but you know this may be wait a little too specific of a prompt but uh the tune that for this thing that i was going for is this uh harold bud track with um i don't think it's collaboration with brian Eno. he has collaborated with him before but um let me just play y'all a little moment of this just to just to show you like the vibe that I'm actually talking about. This is a Harold Bud tune right here. This is one I was thinking I should have talked about on our should have been a sample. When is it in the 
when is it and this is in the middle of the noir film yeah like the guy sit the guy is like he's up in his apartment he's smoking a cig drinking a little whiskey by himself like thinking about both the girl and like what he's about to have to do the case moving forward yeah probably a daughter <laughs> uh bernard herman did the score to taxi driver um and the, and the opening score is to taxi driver is incredible the one song i would add to that would be uh miles davis's it never entered my mind and the, the same type of thing you're talking about i'm thinking detective down and out using the newspaper for an umbrella while running into the cafe or while running into the diner and getting a cup of coffee and now he's just kind of has to sit there and ponder right. what's going on next rainy cold gray yep. new york city steam coming out of the vents on the sidewalk right perfect perfect hit it's really just a jazz song. I mean, but it goes like what I mean though. It's like soundtracking a noir scene with the jazz tune like that. Yeah. Before we cut off, I'll throw in New York Herald Tribune uh by uh Marcia uh Solo uh, out of off the movie Breathless, like one of the first noir. It's a French new wave film. Yeah. This tune is perfect, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna let this one play out for y'all. Enjoy, fellas. It's been great. Love y'all.